All right, Kevin Thomas, BJ Bennett, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. A lot to get to here on the show. We'll hear from Jeff Owens, former Georgia defensive tackle. He will join us here on the program. Also, uh, we'll hear from Rob Wells from Savannah Sports Council in market Savannah Hockey Classic going on starting tomorrow and Saturday. Going to be a lot of fun there. So we're looking forward to chatting with him. And John Stinchcomb, former Georgia All-American offensive lineman, Super Bowl champion with the Saints, going to join us. We'll talk Georgia and their big win. And uh, Andrea Adelson, ESPN.com. We'll hear from her uh, coming up in the final hour of the program as well, talking about Monday night's football game. And, of course, whenever you have the championship, you got to go ahead and jump ahead to next year, right? You can't let this year simmer. you got to go ahead and go to next year. The way too early Top 25 polls are out. We want to hit those. And, uh, of course, everybody's got Alabama, uh, ESPN, 247, CBS, Yahoo, and SI all putting out their preseason polls. All of them have Alabama at number one. Uh, Most of them have Ohio State, two, except for Yahoo has Georgia, two. And then uh, ESPN, 247, CBS, and SI have Georgia, three. Yahoo has uh, Ohio State, three. Clemson, Oklahoma, Texas A&M filling in those last spots. But pretty much a consensus. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State in some fashion. One, two, three, way too early uh, college football polls. And Georgia's not going anywhere. I mean, of of all the guests we've talked to this week, I think there's been a similar consensus. This was generational. This was historic. This was a long time coming. And this may be something we see more of moving forward. Uh, Georgia, with the way the Bulldogs have recruited, with the infrastructure, with the resources, obviously Kirby Smart, the staff, this is a program that is going to stay at the top, near the top of college football. And, uh, you know, some guys will have to wait and see what happens with their decisions. But I think the roster is going to be loaded. I mean, look at the way you've recruited. Look at the underclassmen who contributed this year. I I do think it's fair uh, at this point, and things can change. You still have National Signing Day. Of course, the transfer portal, early deflections to the draft, and yet some news there on the Alabama front today. But I think it's fair for the Crimson Tide to be number one uh, undefeated uh, uh, last year, this, this, this year, I guess, this past year is now last year, but two years ago undefeated. You lost once in the regular season this year. That standard, uh, even with the disappointing loss to Georgia in the national title game, remains, maintains itself. The Heisman Trophy winner is coming back. I mean, Bryce Young is back. Uh, the most productive defender in a generation we've seen. Will Anderson is coming back. So you have the starting point there. I think Ohio State, obviously C.J. Stroud threw for what? 575 yards in the Rose Bowl. Uh, He's back. But Georgia deserves to be two or three. I I think it makes sense. You mentioned, Kevin, all these polls for 2022. uh, Alabama's one, and then it's likely Ohio State, mostly Ohio State, a couple with Georgia, too. I'm good with Georgia at two or three. And we have some questions. What's going to happen with Stetson Bennett? Uh, maybe a couple of guys are still waiting on to see if they decide to enter the draft. But, Ben, the way you've recruited, the standard you've established, I think Georgia absolutely is preseason top three as a defending national champion. And then some of the other teams, I mean, Texas A&M, the way they've recruited with Jimbo Fisher, they deserve to be there. I know Yahoo had Clemson in the top five. Uh, so did Texas, uh, 
Uh, so did SI. That makes sense to me with the defense you have returning, getting Brian Brisset back from injury. We'll see what happens offensively, but uh, going to be a lot of talk about Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia with these polls, and Ben rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, BJ and Kevin, I think you talk about what, one, two, and three uh, in the national in national recruiting rankings with Texas A&M being number one, Alabama and Georgia being number two and three, respectively. Uh, is it going to come now with Georgia? How do they handle success? Now, uh, Kirby Smart finally got over the hump, uh, beat, that, beat his arch nemesis in Alabama to win uh, his first national championship, you know, the first you know in a long time for Georgia. And how do you sustain that? Well, you already know, Kevin and you know, BJ, we always talk about this. We can we used to always be able to pick who's going to be the top three. Georgia has replaced the Clemson. It used to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and you know, uh, you know, in some, in, uh, in, you know, in that order, sometimes uh, a little bit different order. But I do think that you know, uh, when you think about this Georgia team and what they bring back, you know, they're going to bring back a lot of five stars. Guys is definitely uh, playing well sooner rather than late. Nobody saw Brock Bowers being as good as he is this early. Uh, the Stetson and Bennett question is going to be out there. You know, uh, that quarterback room is going to be uh, loaded. You know they're going to be having guys on the defensive side of the ball. Those uh, those guys on the outside in the perimeter, those receivers, you know they're going to be great. Alabama is Alabama. They are still the gold standard of college football. Texas A&M, if you watch the Army All-American game, uh, basically they had uh, both squads. They, I mean, they had almost everybody. Michigan is getting the, getting the benefit of the doubt, even though they might be without Harbaugh this year in some publications being in the top five. Notre Dame is always going to get love. But we'll see what happens, though. I think this Georgia team is still going to be the team to beat, but Alabama is still the standard. I mean, Ohio State, as you mentioned, B.J. and Kevin, they're always going to have a good offense. But yes, new new uh, new year. Georgia just Georgia used to be what four and five. Now they got to get used to being two and three. But surprise, surprise, the rich keep getting richer. Two SEC teams in the top two, and you know Texas A&M being the top three in some some publications. And I was going to say, Kevin, even if there's some uncertainty or a, a bit of an unknown at the quarterback position right now for Georgia, look at the look at the line of scrimmage. I mean, look at what you're going to have along the offensive line, along the defensive line, and, of course, talent everywhere. But as we've seen in recent years, you win football games at the point of attack. You win football games in the trenches. And I think maybe even more so than Alabama, uh, who just lost Evan Neal and uh, Fedarian Mathis to the draft today, and Ohio State, I think Georgia feels like they bring back the best line of scrimmage in college football. With the offensive line combined with the defensive line, you saw Broderick Jones get in there, guys like Warren McClendon. I mean, up front, uh, just Jalen Carter is going to be a superstar. I mean, you lose talent, of course, and iconic, all-time great players. But I think what Georgia has built, especially in the trenches, is a program that just maintains the status quo there. So I think that's a lot of the reason for optimism. Uh, But look, these are the programs that have dominated college football these are the programs that have led the way. I think it is fair because some dog fans may say, wait a second, we just won the national title. We just beat Alabama by 15. Why is Alabama number one in the country? I think you bring back the Heisman Trophy winner. You bring back an all-everything defensive player, You know, not to mention some of the other guys that are on the roster. They recruit, have recruited just as well as Georgia, uh, if not better, uh, if that's even possible in recent years. And you have Nick Saban. So I think, I think it does make sense for Alabama at this point to be the – Pre, 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 preseason number one, but Georgia's definitely got to be there at number two or three. Yeah, I think they're going to be there. Again, I think it's what Ben has talked about. You get – how are we form, formulating these? We, we've said this as a joke for a number of years. Pretty much year to year, you can already put out the top ten based on how they finished the year before. Recruiting is going to do that. Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama, top three recruiting classes in the country, one, two, and three in some cases, at least three of them in the top four, Ohio State right there. It's not difficult to find out who some of those are. I think the real intrigue for me 
is how it shapes out like 10 to 20, 10 to 25 in that range. Because those are the teams that could really come on and surprise you and make hay. I mean, we know uh, some of these teams in the top, they're good. And if they get beat, we'll slide back. But who are those teams in that mid-range that are going to step up? I mean, uh, Cincinnati was one that they didn't start out at number four. They kind of were back and had to wiggle their way back up there. So I think there's going to be some teams like that that are going to be interesting to watch, new coaches all over the place. So, uh, yeah, it's not a surprise. I mean, Alabama's track record of Nick Saban is what? Win it one year, don't win it one year. Win it one year, don't win it one year. When, like, when coming off a year, he doesn't win it, he wins it. So Alabama number one, not a surprise. Well, and, and think about this too. I mean, not only does Alabama bring back Bryce Young and Will Anderson and just this these these incredible underclassmen, but you also have Eli Ricks coming in via the transfer portal, a first-team All-American corner. You have Jameer Gibbs, uh, Georgia Tech's former star running back coming in. And look, you're going to have roster turnover, especially in today's college football. I think Alabama's already had since Monday night. I I, I think nine or ten guys enter the transfer portal. And Georgia has even a, had, sure, had quite sure, a few. Yeah, sure. In addition to the guys that go pro early, so that's just the way things are in college football uh, currently. That's sort of the modern way uh, that, that 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 teams go about this is for various reasons. You have roster attrition and some significant turnover from year to year. But I think Alabama deserves to be the number one team in the country. Georgia's right there. I, you know, if you want to tell me Georgia's two, I agree. If you want to tell me Georgia's three, I can agree with that with Ohio State. I do think for me, as we sit here in what mid-January and look ahead, when we don't even know what the rosters are going to totally look like, there's a big drop-off after those three. I know I, I know some people are saying Texas A&M at four. Mm-hmm. They bring in Max Johnson from LSU. Maybe like a Michigan or Notre Dame, yeah. Maybe Michigan, maybe Notre Dame. Uh, I think Clemson, with the way they finished the season, should probably get a look. Maybe Oklahoma. They lose a lot, though. Uh, when you look at some of the polls past the top five, you know, you'll see uh, you know, the Michigan State's uh, SC is in there. Uh, Wake Forest is in there. Uh, you know somebody from the SEC. I saw Tennessee in the top 15 of a couple of these polls. But when I look at college football for 2022, right after what we just had, I think there's a pretty big drop for me, Ben, mm-hmm. after however you want to rank them, after Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. I do. While I do know that Georgia's going to be able to go out there and replace a lot of bodies, what people are uh, failing to realize is Dan Lanning. I mean, you had a guy that's been there under Kirby Smart a long time. He's moving on. A lot of those players that you we hear about the Nolan Smiths or you hear about the Nicobe Deans, he was in these guys guys living rooms he was he was handpicking these guys for a defense that I don't know Kevin and BJ I know how great they were in 2021 are you expecting that type of dominance in 2022 because that's because people saying Bryce Young and Will Anderson and Jameer, Jameer Gibbs one of the best running backs in college football who's going to a place going to utilize his talent Alabama's always going to be the team to beat because I think they develop better than anybody and you got five stars to do it but yes Georgia you know Georgia has went to the climb the top of the hill and planted you know planted that flag for one year can they can they can they can they do that year in the year out but if you are number one number two number three or top five in recruiting I think that has a lot a lot to do with how you, you know how you are going to be ranked uh, going into the season certainly that's going to put you right back in that mix we've got so much to get to here on the show, packed up uh, today with folks to talk to, Jeff Owens, former Georgia defensive tackle. He will join us when we return here on 3 and Out. All across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, we are streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. You also catch us uh, streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It's Thursday, Kevin B.J. and Ben, Georgia national champions, as we just talked about, the already top two, three, depending on what poll you look at in the way-too-early top 25 polls. Joining us here on the program a uh, former Georgia defensive tackle, Jeff Owens, joining us here on 3 and Out. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you? 
I'm great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming on. I know we've had you on a lot, and it's always to talk about the quest uh, in that streak from, from 1980. I win a national championship. How great does it feel, former player, for those guys, for the for the uh, university, for all the former players to finally have that championship uh, come through and come back to Atlanta, uh, to Athens? Uh, I'm still in disbelief. Uh, so glad, so proud of what Kirby Smart has done for the football team and what he has done for the uh, University of Georgia. Uh, just so proud. Uh, just a great moment. It's a great time to be a, a Georgia Bulldog, and I'm so excited for the for all the players now, also for the alumni. Not only that, just for the fans. Uh, I remember being at Georgia, and we had fans that have been diehard fans since the 60s, since the 50s. And I know this moment is just so wonderful for just the fans, you know, for all the folks that, you know, that weigh that red and black and just proud to be a Georgia Bulldog. You know, it's for them. Jeff, you're one of the great defensive tackles uh, that Georgia's seen. Boy, Jordan Davis, uh, his career, his season, what he did this year in helping lead the dogs to a championship. How special is he and what, what makes him the player that he is? Uh, he's great. Uh, like I say, what Stetson Bennett has done and, you know, all of the, uh, the, the, the negative feedback, I mean, he got more heat than anyone I can imagine in college football. I mean, he's on the level with, with Tim Tebow as much as Tim Tebow is criticized. Uh, he's on that level. And I think for what he has done and how he was able to come out and do it, I mean, it's just, just so fantastic. And I'm like, I said, I'm so Glad to be a Georgia Bulldog. I know the Florida Gators hate us right now. Listen, man, we're gonna we gonna we gonna we gonna try to keep the insults at a minimum. No, 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 Jeff. <laughs> now, when you, I mean, being a being a being a former Georgia Bulldog, and like, as you mentioned, I mean, it's just surreal. Have you reached out to any one of your former your former teammates? Because I know I know obviously you shared in what the guys just did, but how many of your former teammates, man, have you reached out to, man, finally getting that monkey off you guys back? Man, so many. I mean, we're in the group chat. Uh, we have a group me. What I want to say, probably over 150 former players. I mean, from uh, Hall of Fame guys, from even guys like Champ Bailey, who's in that group chat, all the way from guys who just graduated. So we've been in, we've been in contact. We actually trying to set up uh-huh. an event, an event to celebrate. You know. Uh, Everyone trying to set up the time to get back in Athens where we could all have a, a celebration. So we all been in contact. I mean, after that game, I mean, our lives, phones were blowing up, social media blowing up. I mean, they still blowing up. Jeff Owens joining us here on Three Now. Jeff, how much do you, you sit back and look at the accomplishments of that defense as a whole? I think going into the the postseason, they had given up about nine points a game, and that was because Alabama in the SEC championship. I had put up uh, 40 plus, but for the most of the regular season, it was six points on average per game with a bunch of shutouts. How hard is that to do in today's college football? Do most people appreciate how good uh, that defense was, uh, not giving up anything pretty much the entirety of the season? Uh, one of the best defense in college football will go down, hands down, one of the best uh, for what they did. Uh, like I said, the SEC championship game was a blemish on our record. But besides that, I mean, you can't even find in history a defense that did what we did. And with N'Kobe Dean, I mean, that guy's a, a stud. I mean, N'Kobe Dean, in my opinion, is probably one of the best players in college football. 
besides any position, his leadership, his effort, his attitude. I mean, the one play, how he jumped on one of the star linebackers for, for, for not being focused on that play. I mean, he, he's a top talent. Jeff, when you have a defense like that, you have great individual talents, obviously, but uh, talk about the job those guys did of playing together, not only having great talent individually, but playing together collectively week in and week out. It was amazing. Like I said, it's a testament to Curry Smart leadership and how he has the control of his team for week in and week out to be able to perform at a high level. And in week one, I remember listening to an interview where Kirby said about being elite. They got the top draft, the top draft classes every year. But like I said, it's about being elite. Every year, they got the top number one recruiting class, number two top five recruiting class in the country. And so to be able to get those guys to perform at elite levels week in and week out, it's a testament to Kirby Smart and also to uh, Coach Landon, who's now leaving us, uh, but it's a testament to that defensive uh, coaching staff, you know, for how they got those guys ready to play week in and week out. And, Jeff, I know you kind of touched on, on him a little bit earlier. Stetson Bennett, I mean, have you ever seen a guy that's went through that much scrutiny, not just this year, but the la- last year as well, to, to culminate it with a national championship, him believing in himself, winning that locker room, winning over his teammates, and finally, you know, hoisting up that college football national championship trophy? It's amazing. Uh, like I say, the, the heart that he has, uh, a nine-one-two kid, so I know y'all are proud of him. I mean, just, I just, just great walk-on, you know, guy who had to leave Georgia and come back. You know, like I say, his his role of getting there to getting this success is a testament of his parents, his background, and his dedication and the heart. It, it speaks volumes for the young man, and, and I'm proud of. I'm glad to say that Stetson Bennett was our quarterback this year. Jeff Owens joining us here on 3 and Out. Jeff, I've asked a bunch of former players this, so I'll ask you, while you were at Georgia, I mean, how much did 1980 kind of hang over? Uh, the guys playing on the team and the program, you heard so much about that, and to finally uh, exercise that on uh, on Monday night and get that uh, off your off the program's back. But how much did you guys hear about it while you were playing, and how much did that kind of have a uh, quiet weight over the program to try to get rid of that thing? That's been something that's been standing over our heads before I even got to Georgia. I remember when I was at Georgia, folks say, oh, yeah, y'all can win the regular season, but can Georgia win the big games? That has been said from when I was there all the way up until before the game. Not only that, probably during the game, folks still doubted us. I know a lot of fans had doubt, you know, but that's that has been over hanging over our head before I even got there, while I was there, and all the way up until we won, we finally won so I'm glad that it's finally off of our head. Jeff, what was it like for you all season watching Jordan Davis uh, there along the defensive line? Oh, man, Jordan Davis, man, he's a monster. Uh, Wyatt, the whole defensive line. Also, you got the linebacker core. I mean, that defense is amazing. And it, it, it's a testament to where no one knew who the secondary players was up until the uh, up until the uh, SEC championship game, no one knew who they were. The only one we really knew was seen. And now, I mean, just that defense so dominant. Like I say, week in and week out, they put a great product on the field. And I'm so glad to build Georgia Bulldogs. 
Kirby Smart, six years in, already been to two national championships, won his second national championship, did it against Alabama. Talk about how great he's been and how fast he's done it. Kirby Smart, uh, if he if he continue on this trajectory, he'll go down as one of the, one of the greatest college coaches in history. Uh, like I said, six seasons have been the two national championships, and 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 in this day and era, it's very competitive. I mean, you all know the transfer portal. You got guys here, guys there. It's very competitive. Uh, so to be able to be doing this and be able to dominate and play and have your guys playing at a high level the last four or five seasons, you know, when people think of college football, people think of Georgia football, and that is contribute to Kirby Smart. Jeff Owens, former Georgia defensive tackle, our guest here on 3 and Out. Jeff, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Enjoy it. Thank you so much for having me. Jeff Owens joining us here on 3 and Out as, again, uh, Georgia parlaying that national championship into top 2-3 again uh, going into next season. And, again, we'll see how the rosters shape up. I know uh, Georgia's still got some roster decisions to be made in terms of signing day, guys who are going to be transferring out. We've already seen uh, a couple guys, I think another one uh, today, uh, this afternoon, going into uh, the portal. People expect uh, whether Stetson returns or he doesn't, there may be a quarterback transfer out regardless. So, the roster's still not set, BJ, and that's not just for Georgia. That's for programs all over the country uh, that are dealing with that. But certainly when you're uh, talking about uh, repeating or coming back and defending the national championship, uh, you still got a lot of questions as to what exactly this roster is going to look like uh, once transfers, NFL deflections, and more are done. And that's that's the case for everybody. Like you said, that's the case for every program in the country. Uh, those storylines more magnified when you're the national champion. But uh, just, just talking about this season, whether it was – you know, John Lastinger or, or, or Buck Ballou or Willie McClendon or, or Jeff Owens. I mean, to hear those guys say, I'm just so proud to be a Georgia Bulldog. The passion, the pride, the appreciation, the perspective. So cool to hear from those guys and uh, just, just really neat. You can tell how much this championship means to Jeff and uh, guys who played there in Athens. Yeah, BJ, because, I mean, you finally, you know, you finally did it. You finally made it so that you, like, like, like Jeff was saying, I mean, you know, you elite programs find a way to get it done and be the last team standing. And if you are a Georgia team, no one's, it's not as if they didn't have chances before. And I know we, the people are saying the whole 1980 thing, but it's not like they weren't an elite program with elite players and elite coaches. But, once you finally get it done, I mean, Jeff can finally go, all right, because, I mean, you you bear the blunt of that. Until you, you, you're you no longer at these schools, good or bad. People going to ask you about it as if to say you had something to do with it. But, yeah, if you are a Georgia Bulldog, you can breathe easy. The trash talk the trash talk is going to start up again because now it's, okay, can you do it again? But can you do it again is a lot better than saying, I mean, are we ever going to see it? You saw it on Monday night, man. And, hey, man, they're going to they gonna have bragging rights at least until uh, college football season starts up next season. Certainly. Hey, we've got more to come here on 3 and Alex. Speaking of – Bragging rights going to be some on the line there uh, in the Civic Center coming up this weekend. The end market, Savannah Hockey Classic, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State. Think all those other three teams, even though it's Hockey Classic, might hear a little bit about who won the latest national championship. I think you might. Uh, but we'll talk to uh, Rob Wells about that and more when we return. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Thursday. Kevin, BJ, and Ben tomorrow. Guys, we're going to be at the uh, Savannah Civic Center ahead of the end market. Savannah Hockey Classic, really excited about that uh, coming up uh, again. And good to have that event back. And joining us here from the Savannah Sports Council, Rob Wells joins us here on 3 and Out. Rob, welcome. How are you? 
I'm good, Kevin. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing good. First of all, how good is it just to, to, to get the event back? I know with everybody and, uh, and, and COVID, there's been you know cancellations and postponements, but uh, just to have the event back, how, how good is it to have this one back on the calendar? It, it feels amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here at the arena now. You know, I'm just looking at the artwork and everything and, and seeing it ready to go. Uh, it's such a wonderful feeling, and I'm so excited for this weekend. Rob, talk about the tradition and the history of this event, uh, not only locally for what it means to the community and the opportunity to see uh, these college programs and uh, top hockey, but also to the programs that come, the teams, what the experience is like for the student-athletes and just just how cool this is and how unique of an, an event it is additionally. Yeah, I mean, for, for these guys, this is their, you know, th- this is their biggest event of the year for these four teams. You know, this winning this, they tell us means more than winning their own national championship for their association. So, you know, these guys don't get to play in front of huge crowds except for this event. Um, You know, 23 years and this event continues to get better and better every year. Uh, You know, I think there's some great storylines this year. I mean, uh, you know, in 2020, we were tied up. Uh, Georgia and Georgia Tech had seven Thrasher Cups apiece. Georgia won in 2020 and took that lead. But, you know, I know Georgia Tech wants to even a backup. Um, you know, it's it's been uh, 2016 was the last time uh, Florida State won. It's been even longer for Florida. Um, so I think there's some great storylines. The teams are having a good season. Um, it's going to be a fun weekend. And, Rob, speaking of storylines, I mean, I know you're talking about this is their, like, national championship. Them Georgia Bulldogs should be talking a, a little bit more trash, knowing that they, uh, <laughs> their football team just won it all on Monday night. How much more does that add to it, knowing that one team coming in and saying, well, listen, we're trying to add we're trying to add to the trophy case with what our football team did on Monday night? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is the first time ever that Georgia has a chance to win a national championship and a Thrasher Cup in the same week. Um, but I know the other teams don't want to see that happen. Uh, you know, I think the other teams would love to knock them off you know, because I, I think it's no secret that, you know, Georgia Tech, Florida, uh, they don't like Georgia. Um, so they would love to ruin their week um, and, and take this away from them. Yeah, really a fun event. Uh, Robin, again, the, the you've been calling it the frozen finale because it's the last time at the uh, the Civic Center before you guys move over to that new uh, in-market arena. So a little something extra there on top of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, this facility has treated us really good for, for 23 years. Uh, but we're extremely excited about the new End Market Arena. It's such a beautiful facility. I had the chance to take a, a hard hat tour on Tuesday, and um, you know it's beautiful. It's going to be a great venue for you know for not only us but for everything for the Ghost Pirates and you know for all the other events that we're working to bring in there. And um, but but we really want to celebrate um, you know the, the history that we have here in this building. The Frozen Finale is what, we, what we've called it. Um, but you know it'll be back better than ever in, in 2023 at the End Market Arena. So, Rob, for uh, this year, what's the schedule look like starting tomorrow, and uh, what's the plan for the weekend? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll start with, uh, you know, two great matchups tomorrow night, historical matchups, you know, the ACC and then the SEC uh, kind of broken down with uh, uh, Florida State and Georgia Tech to kick us off at 6 o'clock, uh, followed by Florida and Georgia at 8.30. Um, and then, you know, our goal every year is we want uh, either both Florida schools or both Georgia schools to win on Friday night so that we can have a true championship on Saturday night. Um, as we, we start at 5.30 on Saturday with uh, Florida and Florida State playing, uh, followed at 8.30 with Georgia and Georgia Tech. I mean, Rob, I mean, I know, I know you ain't picking no favorites here, man, but any, does anybody come in with the momentum? I mean, I mean I'm, a, I'm a Florida alum. You saying Florida ain't won in a while, man. We, we might not know what to do if Florida wins this thing. Yeah, I mean, I, 
like you said, I don't have any favorites. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've been following the teams all year. Uh, you know, I, I, both all Florida, Georgia, Georgia Tech have all had great seasons. Um, I know I don't think Florida and Georgia have played each other yet, so that's going to be a great matchup uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Georgia and Georgia Tech, I think Georgia's taken two out of three, so Georgia Tech's going to want to even that up. Uh, you know, in Florida State, they don't have ice there in Tallahassee, so they haven't had a chance to play a lot of games. So I know they're excited to add two to their schedule. And, um, you know, I know that they would love to win this just as much as the other guys. Rob Wells, Savannah Sports Council, joining us. Rob, I know always a fan-friendly uh, event. Uh, you still have some of those things planned for uh, to, to get the crowd involved with what's going on. Yeah, we got some great promotions. You know, uh, we got a new promotion this year with End Market Curling. Uh, we're going to give some lucky fans a chance to – uh, to win some end market gift cards out on the ice, play a version of a curling game that we've come up with, uh, and then always popular slap shot for cash, you know, sponsored by Blood, Bud Light. Um, we'll have that again this year. And then Chuck a Puck's always a, a big deal at the end of each night. Um, so we've got a lot of things to get the fans going. Um, you know, we got Shark and Tyler Gray back this year to, to you know, put on a great show. Those guys uh, do awesome all year, all summer long with the bananas, and we're we're lucky to have them out here with us uh, this weekend. Yeah, I think I uh, needed Tommy John after that chuck a puck a couple of years ago, trying to uh, trying to let it fly. But if folks are looking for uh, for tickets, Rob, uh, what do they need to do uh, to get involved on Friday night or Saturday night at this point? Yeah, they can go to the uh, Civic Center box office box office and, and buy them by walking up, or they can go to SavannahHockeyClassic.com uh, and click on the links there to purchase tickets for either night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to being out there uh, tomorrow afternoon. Rob, we'll see you then. Thanks much. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Rob Wells, uh, Director of Savannah Sports Council, joining us here on 3 and Out. And it's always a fun event. Uh, BJ got thrown off the ice one time. Uh, You know, that's fun. Uh, The chuck-a-puck is fun. I had a chance to do that. I did, uh, you know, you're trying to throw a puck down there on the ice. Depending on how far away you are, you put a little oomph into it. You know, the elbow starts barking at you a little bit. It's all right. It it's, is a fun, a, it's a fun time, yeah, though, because people really get into it. And and a lot of promotions and activities, as Rob discussed there. But you think about these teams, man. I mean, Georgia and Georgia Tech, Georgia and Florida. I mean, Florida and Florida State. These are programs, uh, brands that know each other well, don't like each other, want to win. You're talking about not only are you winning the Thrasher Cup, you're winning over your arch rivals. And note there that Florida, the last, last team, you know, it's been a while. I mean, Christian's already saying 2008 in football. So, might have to throw it out there with the hockey as well. But, no, I do think if you're Georgia, you come in, you have the championship momentum. I think you're looking around and going, hey, nice to see you guys. Yeah, we just won the – hey, how are you? Hey, Florida, how are you guys? I just We just won the national championship, and we're winning here this weekend. But it is cool because there's such a enthusiasm that, that, that follows these schools, these programs. You'll see a lot of fans there, a lot of trash talking. And uh, on the ice, remember the first time I went years ago, I had never – seen hockey live and you walk in and to see the ice I mean that alone before the game or, or uh, you know even gets going you're talking about something that's really unique that you may not see all the time every day and and it's uh it's it's it, it's really cool and fascinating to watch kind of the game once it's out there in its fluid motion out there on ice because the athleticism as I've talked about all week you know most sports you can go out and hey if you can walk and run around that's that's a good starting point you know you can play well you have to be able to be agile and athletic and mobile and kind of cut on a stop on a dime right there with the skates and then you get into the specifics and the X's and O's and the schemes of the game so it's fun I enjoy it it's fast it's aggressive, it's it's upbeat, it's intense, 
And uh, then when you add in who's playing who, it's a good time. It is. I mean, anything they can add to the pageantry of, of, of teams that just naturally cannot stand each other. Obviously, Georgia going to come in and say, hey, you, you saw what we did. And hopefully somebody said, no, we saw what they did. I mean, you got to come out here and get it done okay. on the ice. No, no, no. Because, because that's, but at the same time, too, though, BJ, I mean, when you talk about ice skating, when you talk about being out there on it, I mean, I hear what you and Kevin say, look, I mean, you would, you, you, would walk, you would walk out there with ankles and somebody would have to drag you off that ice. I mean, bad enough you got to go back and forth, so that's endurance. Bad enough that you got to be agile with back, you know, uh, as far as like uh, trying to maneuver right there. And, oh, I got to get into the game plan of trying to make sure we outscore the other team. Yeah, I will be watching saying, yeah, I could never even – and. I seen J.J. Watt get out there and do it, but he grew up in, like, ice skating, you know, I mean, a hockey country. But, hey, man, four teams that don't like each other, hopefully my Florida Gators can find a way to make this thing even by walking away with the dub because everybody else seems to be winning as of late. Yeah, It's fun, man, to get out there. I want to see you get out there uh, and I mean, skate. B.J., before I want, no, I want, the end market. I want to see Ben get I've already seen I've B.J. do there. it. It's your turn. I want to see you do it. Matter of fact, you better reach out to the Florida hockey team on – on Twitter, I'll reach out. You don't got to reach out to the Florida hockey team for me. Hopefully, they will not have my size in the. Uh, what size you were? I'm a, I'm a 14, so they're gonna have to make sure they don't got my size. So boom. But if they do, so if you're listening, size 14 for business. Ben. But if they do, but, With, well, BJ, are you going back out there before it goes to the end market arena? You gonna do so? This is one time? of those once in a lifetime type experiences, right? You go out, you've yeah. done it. I mean, Kevin, have we seen you out there? You. If I find me a pair of skates, I'll get thrown out the next time. Okay. All right, so I'm going to message Florida and Georgia tonight. <laughs> Are you messaging anybody Bro. for you? I've already done it. I, I wasn't My story is iconic. It's legendary. It's well known. You used to be a kicker at one time in your life, right? At football, right? Well, we weren't there to see it. Okay. So we want to be able to see this one in person. Well, I mean, Kevin and I haven't seen you catch a touchdown pass in person. That is true. But it is documented. You can go to YouTube. <laughs> oh, know, yeah, oh we've seen some yeah, of the we, documents. Yeah, we've seen some. We, we you, saw you, you talking about game I was SEC player the week the week before. <laughs> and we saw you get game plans. I mean, speaking of, speaking of, speaking of de-cleated or de-skated, I don't want to get de-skated tomorrow. Coming out and see if Ben does. We're going to make it happen. Coming out to uh, the, the Civic Center. We'll be there from uh, 3 to 6, uh, broadcasting live ahead of night one of the uh, in-market hockey classic. Savannah Hockey Classic. Looking forward to that. we got more to come. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here on this Thursday. Kevin, BJ, and Ben, glad you're with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. So much to get to here on the program. Andrea Adelson will join us coming up in the final hour of the program. Also, John Stinchcomb, we'll hear from him, uh, former uh, Georgia All-American offensive lineman, Super Bowl winner there with the New Orleans Saints. He'll join us coming up in the final hour of the program. But let's go to the phones. We've got a caller who wants to, uh, to chat with us. So let's go to uh, AC. AC, welcome to 3 and Out. Thank you so much. How you guys doing? Good afternoon. Hey, we're doing fantastic. Well, congratulations to Georgia Bulldogs. The funny thing is, all the naysayers, they say about Stetson Bennett, who cares, man? Give that guy a world of credit. He got sure from Alabama fans calling the station and congratulating instead of what, feeling salty. Let's face it, Nick Saban, this man is a class. What class? Now, you got sure the, the fans out there. Honestly, I hate the fans regardless. So they should call in and don't be salty. Go educate yourself like Nick Saban. I'm a Texas fan. It's been a long time since the last time they won the championship. As a Texas fan, I give credit. Trust me, Texas, they, I have no clue what's going on. But Georgia Bulldogs, congratulations. Kirby Smart is building something in Georgia. And I, I think it's going to be good. I, I, if you build that program, I, I'm looking at probably three, possibly four more championships. But I hope you guys hold on to those championships. As soon as Texas builds that team, I'm in. I love you. 
Hook them horns. Hey, appreciate the phone call, AC. You got, you got Christian fired up. He's already saying, hey, calling three or four more championships. Yeah, uh, hey, yeah, of course you do. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's calling the, uh, the championships for Georgia again. Yeah. I think, BJ, you opened up on Tuesday saying, look, Stetson been an apology line, right? Hey, it's okay to say you got it wrong, that he couldn't get it done. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, again, I, chalking up three or four more championships, Christian, with Texas, Oklahoma, and not knowing what the league schedule is going to look like. No, you said, no, you said, no, but you were like, oh, I'm here for it. I'm all for it. Just saying. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I think I'm Georgia, yelling at people across the room. I think to fine. AC's point, Georgia's put itself in position uh, yeah. right now. And, of course, you can never chalk anything up. You can't look ahead to uh, next year, two or three Ron years. Ron Paulson's I mean, going to win three hundred. Right. I mean, I mean, everything changes <laughs> constantly. But I think as, as we sit right here in mid-January and you do like kind of a future power ranking for college football, like programs at large, I mean, it's, it, it, it's Alabama and Georgia and maybe Ohio State and – you know, Clemson's still there. I, I think Texas A&M has recruited to that level recently, but we haven't seen them. I know they were close two years ago, but we haven't seen them get into the playoff. Um, things change, but right now I think Georgia has earned the right to be not only appreciated and celebrated this year, but be considered as a leading candidate for the years moving forward. And talking with guests this week, it's not only that you've invested the resources financially. It's not only that you have the infrastructure. It's not only in terms of next year and the year after that you have young talent who just starred for your team. It's You have a head coach that's, what, 46? And, uh, you know, we were just talking about Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher left Florida State. I mean, Kirby Smart's not leaving Georgia. Kirby Smart's not taking another college job. I mean, I, so you're talking about uh, a, a program that on paper, Ben, looks like it's going to be here for a while. And why wouldn't it? <clears throat> the one thing that, the one thing that, that Stetson Bennett did that I think really like uh, shows how great of a coach uh, Kirby Smart is, everybody thought in order to beat Alabama, he has to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. He has to have five stars next to his name. Stetson Bennett has neither. When you start thinking about how look, – look at the teams that have won it in the past. I mean, Joe Burrow, you know, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watts. Look at these talents, and people think that's what you got to have to win. Kirby was like, eh. We would hope to have that, but we could, but how many teams can say they did it without that? That would be Georgia. And if you are Georgia, you also understand too that Kirby Smart, he's whatever he's getting now for resources, he's gonna get even more of it. Because up until then it was like, well, why would we give you all this and we're not getting the end result? No, you stick with the plan. And it didn't have to be if patience is six years, that's how long it took Kirby Smart to get to uh, you know, uh, you know, get his first national championship with most coaches. One, never gonna play in one. And if you do if you do get close, you gotta play a team like Georgia, Alabama. So yeah, Stetson Bennett showed that Kirby Smart said, look, I could do it without what you guys doing it with. Now he loves to have that. The guy that we brought in from uh, USC was watching the guy who grew up a Georgia fan. Do I say this, and I'm not going. I'm not going to be giving no more credit uh, to these not 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 to the University of Georgia, but as far as like saying, I knew that for Georgia to win it, it has to be from a quarterback who always wanted to be a Georgia Bulldog. That stuff matters. When you always say, "Man, this is what I always wanted to do," Stetson Bennett got it done. He is on the he is on the tour right now, of signing autographs and you know NILs or whatever he's getting. But I do think Kevin and BJ. Georgia is now, it's the staying power. See, the one thing that's hard to do is make it to the top of the hill. Can you stay at the top of the hill? Because now that you've proven that you can win it, BJ, something I told you, that is the standard for every team, even Vanderbilt, unfortunately. But I just but I just think that now, can do they got staying power? And if nobody's got Kirby Smart and uh, these recruiting players, I think you do. going to be interesting to see, obviously, how you continue to build a build. I mean, I, I think a lot of times – Guys, you look at sports like what Nick Saban is doing and what other programs are doing. It's like, oh, that, it, it's, that's how it's done. It's like, no, that's 
the outlier. That is how it's ridiculously done, right? I mean, it, the, he makes it look easy, but it's not at the end of the day. So I think that's the challenge if you're, if you're Georgia. Know how hard that climb was to get there and to think all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to be just like Nick Saban. I mean, it's the best coach we've ever seen doing something we've never seen in this era of football. That's not easily duplicated, uh, no matter how hard you try to do it. We've got more to come here. Take three around the corner. It's three and out. All across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin. Three and out on this Thursday. Kevin, BJ, and Ben. A lot to get to here this hour, including your phone calls, 912-342-7184. Also hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio, at Pigskin Radio. But first, fellas, it's 4 o'clock. Let us take three here on three and out. All right, take one. Evan Neal, Alabama offensive tackle, declared for the NFL draft. Should the Jaguars take him number one overall? Absolutely. Overwhelmingly, yes. Uh, I think it is laid out right there in front of you. And the Jaguars at times with the draft, drafts in the past, have overthought it, uh, have made the wrong choice. You have a franchise quarterback. Uh, you have a player that you are building your credibility around. I mean, Jacksonville outside of the run with Doug Marone to the AFC title game, not a lot to be excited about over the last decade and a half. Trevor Lawrence was brought in not only to help you win football games, but to help you become a viable, professional, marketable franchise. And your offensive line, I think, has been okay. Uh, Jawan Taylor out of Florida has done a good job. You have, uh, you know, you've invested some resources there. But Evan Neal is a prototypical plug-and-play tackle who starts from day one and is there for a dozen years. Uh, he, he started his first game ever at Alabama as a true freshman and has been on the field every single game since then and has played a ton of playoff football, obviously. Right. I read a, a, a tweet the other day that said he gave up one sack in the college football playoff. Not this year. His whole career, so three years of, of championship playoff games, uh, he gave up one total sack, and that's going up against the best players in the country. So he's been an All-American two different times, a freshman All-American uh, as a, as a first-year player. He's, what, 335, 340 pounds, physically ready to go. Sometimes with offensive tackles, when you transition from college, even a program like Alabama, to the league, there's a little bit of a learning curve physically in terms of the size and strength. Evan Neal is ready for that. He's ready to come in right away, and uh, you get better at the line of scrimmage. Jacksonville desperately has to get better at the line of scrimmage, and you protect your 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 franchise in, in, in Trevor Lawrence. And then in terms of the other guys, I know some people have said Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, uh, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. I, I, I think I have questions there. Um, Hutchinson, a very good player, but I think prior to the Ohio State game, I don't know that a ton of people knew about him, and some of those late meteoric rises make me nervous, where it's like three months ago, nobody was talking about Aiden Hutchinson as the number one overall pick. He was great against the Buckeyes, but I don't know that that's enough to make you the number one overall pick. Uh, uh, Kevon Thibodeau's been a great player, obviously highly recruited out of high school, but I've seen some questions about the scheme fit in Jacksonville. Jacksonville runs a 3-4. Is Kayvon Thibodeau going to switch from basically being a 4-3 end to a 3-4 outside linebacker? 
uh, that's that's a transition that kind of adds to the element of the unknown when you go from the college to the pro ranks. So I think there are no questions with Evan Neal. You know who he is. You know what he is. You know what he does. You know what you need. I think it's very obvious you take Neal at number one overall. And BJ, for all those reasons you just named, is the reason why I th- when you, the question was, should they? Yes. Will they? I will say no. The thing about it, <clears throat> you think about the National Football League is, especially with your team, you say, where do we have the biggest hole at? And you mentioned you mentioned Juwan Taylor. I mean, could they potentially move him over to the left side, even though he's nationally on his right? I mean, the right. I mean, uh, you know, uh, and, plays and on his right. Cam Robinson, a free agent. A, a free absolutely. Agent. You guys need. You guys. There are times, Beaches, you will tell me we can't stop anybody. We can't rush the passer. We can't stop the run. And the thing is, premier pass rushes are the premier position in the National Football League. When you think about the Bosa brothers, when you think about Von Millers of the world, you know, when you think about last year in the Super Bowl, what happened? It was JPP and Shaq Barrett. You couldn't block those guys. I'm not saying that Aiden Hutchinson is the, is the, is the answer. But, BJ, you talk about a Johnny-come-lately. We saw with Kayvon Thibodeau, who was the number one recruit in the country, the goal is for him to not fall off, and he didn't fall off. So should they get Evan Neal? Yes. But because premium pass rushes are at a premium, I think they're going to end up going in another direction with getting either Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. Man, I, 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 I know BJ went on a little diatribe there. I think it's, to me, when you're talking about scouting, don't, don't overthink it, man, right? He started from day one at the best program in the country that recruits the best players consistently. Walked in and started day one, best players in the country, recruits the best players consistently, and started every time he was asked to all throughout his career. Gave up one sack in the totality of the playoffs of college football against presumably the best players in college football. Don't overthink it. Who cares how fast he runs in the 40? The guy knows what he's doing. Do it. Protect your asset. Protect Trevor Lawrence, all right? Give him a reason to stand in the pocket, not a reason to run from it. <laughs> because you can't protect. BJ want to protect Trevor, and, and you gonna well, have, and, and, and you get a chance to add uh, Travis Etienne uh, next yeah, year as well. Yeah, and I mean, and, and listen, of course, of course, Thibodeau and, and, and Hutchinson have a lot to offer. And Thibodeau has done, you know, you think about number one picks at, at, at edge, at defensive end, you know, Jadavion Clowney, uh, Miles Garrett. These were guys that came in out of high school as the just number one pass rusher in the country, and they maintain that to being the number one pick in the draft. Maybe it's a similar story with Thibodeau, but when you look at weaknesses, I mean, Jacksonville's best player is an edge rusher. So if you have the number one overall pick, you normally address your biggest and that, weakness. And that would be what? That would be what? Three, 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 uh, three pass rushing like the last five years? Yeah, and uh, I, I, I know you need multiple pass rushers, yeah. but, but Jacksonville's best player is Josh Allen. Had another very good season, so I think you could use help more prominently elsewhere. All right, moving along, take two. Alabama wide receiver Jamison Williams has declared for the NFL draft. Of course, he suffered a torn ACL in the national championship game. How much does that affect his stock? Very explosive wide receiver, but may not have him. But if he gets the surgery even quickly, Ben, BJ may not have him until week three, four of the regular season. Yeah, hard to project. I mean, he, of course, won't be ready for rookie mini camps and all that stuff, but hate it for Jamison Williams. And uh, I know it's the national championship game. You play in the national title game, the playoffs. But when people talk about what could uh, an injury late in the season do to your draft uh, prospectus, we're going to see here because Williams was projected in every mock I saw to be a top 10, maybe even a top 7 to 8 pick. 
up until a couple of days ago. And not only is he a generational, yes, generational uh, talent at wide receiver, he's one of the game's best return specialists. And I know, Ben, you always talk about if you can do it on special teams, that adds to your draft stock. But now, not only is he potentially not going to be ready for, I don't know, the first month, but not going to get to do the combine, at least the workout stuff, not going to get to do the pro day, not going to get to you know do a lot of the – uh, pre-draft things that build up your momentum ahead of the draft. So, it's first-round pick. I mean, I, this dude is clearly a first-round pick, but do I think he could, and, and I hope not, I wish him the absolute best, but do I think he could drop from eight, 7 to 10 to maybe 17 to 24? I mean, I think it's possible. I think it's possible, and that's a decent amount of money you lose. So, I hate seeing him hurt. Love this guy being, you know, I wrote about him and talked about him a ton at the end of the year, but I think if you're limited in terms of what you can do pre-draft wise with workouts, with one-on-ones, with measurables, uh, and maybe somebody, I mean, you think about Jalen Waddle. maybe they say, nope, doesn't matter, and we're going to go, I certainly hope he goes as high as possible, but it wouldn't surprise me if he slides a couple of spots, still absolutely a first-round pick, uh, but wouldn't surprise me if he slides maybe Maybe yeah, 12 to 15, 15 to 18. Hope it's not any further than that, but I think I could slide a couple spots. Yeah, two guys that come to mind when I think about a guy that was, uh, you know, big time in college at the receiver position but wasn't able to, you know, had to deal with certain things before the draft. That would be Demarius Thomas and BJ, somebody we forget. Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree had a Liz Frank injury when he first came out. Now, for those of you who don't know, Michael Crabtree in two years put up about as good as you can put up as far as numbers go. The thing about James, Wil- James Wilson, uh, you know, Williams, I'm sorry. If, if you're thinking about how fast he was, and obviously torn ACLs used to keep guys out of the season during the season. Guys now go on IR during the NFL season to come off and still get a chance to play. Have you seen this man play football? Yes. Something Kevin said, where did he play? Play to Alabama. Alabama they had, yeah, Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith and so on and so forth. The young man can play football. Injuries are a part of the game. If you think he if he was the first-round pick before the ACL, he's going to be a first-round pick after. And I'm going to say something that BJ said that I think is crazy. Man, we supposed to go in the draft. I was supposed to go nine. Where'd you go? I went ten. That's not dropping. That's not dropping in the draft. He might – listen, there are going to be teams that's going to be a little weird, but it has been too many guys that came in to the National Football League with injuries, but I've seen them play. Demarius Thomas wasn't even in a passing offense like that. And obviously, you know, may he rest a piece of what he was able to do when he was with Denver. So, like I said, uh, some team hoping that you pass up on Williams so they can snatch him to pick after you. I'm telling you, I think it worked out pretty well for Crabtree and Demarius Thomas. Injuries happen. Still pick that man up in the first round. He'll make you, you know, hopefully he'll, uh, you know, get on a good team and uh, make some plays. Yeah, and finally, let's move on to, uh, to take three. Safety Eric Weddle is unretiring to join the Rams for the playoffs. Haven't played the entirety of the season. And now going to show up and play in the playoffs with the Rams. How's that? How's that work exactly? You haven't played at all, and now you're in the biggest stage of the season. I like Eric Weddle. Had the PJ Zuko beard yes. you know, out there. He got the beard like like the like the. Uh, I always go back to the freaking uh, pitcher from uh from, from the Giants, San oh, Francisco. Oh oh oh, Brian Wilson. Yes. Yeah yeah. Had the Brian Wilson beard. I, but this and then you would know better than me. Can you be away from football and then all of a sudden get the phone call and it's not like you're coming in to. Hey, I, we need you to help in week three. You're you're in the playoffs, and what LA's first game is Arizona, uh, by the way. So, and if you win that, you you have Green Bay. So yeah. you're talking about stepping right into the spotlight of the NFL playoffs and playing two of the best offenses, or you know, before you even advance, one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, I I would think his contributions would be 
really limited in terms of, hey, we have a couple of plays or packages for you. I, I wouldn't think, and Eric Weddle's a great athlete, great player, but I wouldn't think it would be, okay, come on in, you're our starting safety, and you're playing 85 snaps on defense. Uh, I'll defer to you on that. Neat story. I know he was a guy that a lot of people enjoyed playing, all pro a couple of years, but what's kind of the viability of being away from the game for a substantial amount of time, not having, I guess, a warm-up period, whether it's training camp, whether it's the preseason, whether it's the regular season, and just coming in and saying, yep, you're playing in the playoffs. I think that's a lot to ask. I think it's, it's his football IQ. <clears throat> He's a guy that's played on his defense, and it shows the type of player he is, right? Let's think about it. We're talking about something that you never, ever hear. I mean, when Antonio Brown decided he didn't want to be a, you know, a Tampa Bay Buck anymore, you know who was like, you know, Sean, he still got a 12-pack? That would be T.O. Sorry, T.O. I mean, you closer, you know, you closer to 50 than you are 40, even though, I mean, you stay in shape. I mean, uh, you know, Weddle is a guy that hasn't been too many years removed, B.J., and the thing about the safety position that people don't give him enough credit for, these guys see everything on the field. I'm, I'm looking at the formation. I'm looking at down and distance. I'm looking at the situation, and I still got Aaron Donald. I still still got Von Miller. I still got, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey. So it's not like I'm out there with no slouches. And they're going to be – his job His job is to make sure nothing cheap, nothing deep, be the, be the eight man in the box to make plays. And I don't have to be the everything for this defense that's loaded with future Hall of Famers. So I give – listen, number one, I don't even know what that kind of – you know, I mean, when Jalen or when Sean McVay uh, – you know, number popped up on Eric. What if I, you were like, hey, man, congratulations. No, Eric, I need to talk to you. So about what if the what? Titans call? I mean, they're the number one seed. You don't have to play this weekend. So the Titans call, and you pick up, and they go, hey, Ben, man, uh, you know, we need you to come in and block. We need you to be the blocking guy. <laughs> yeah, team. yeah. Are yeah. you good to go? No, no. Uh, and, 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 uh, and, and the reason why is this. I mean, number one, okay, I work for this I work for this incredible network, right? I work with some incredible people. And I know that while they're congratulating me, they're also there saying, Pull the camera out, cause when it happens, when you get the blue forty-two, blue forty-two, uh, I'm not dealing with. It. Plus, at the same time, too, I mean, I, it's been a long time since I played football. I'm not one of those people saying, "Yeah, man, if you give me a no, Eric, go out there, handle your business." And think about this, BJ. If he does mess up, can you really blame him? Can you really blame him on the guy who was chilling at the crib watching watching the Rams say, boy, y'all boys are there looking good? I mean, the boy, might not, he might not even have a beard anymore. He might look like a real dad. Now, he done settled into fatherhood and being a husband. But, no, if the Titans call me, they definitely got the wrong number. I'll take the money. And once I sign the check, I'm like, ah, I'm going to hit the ah. Man, my hammy, man, I, you know, yeah, I told my hammy getting off the bus, you know, just walking up to the stage. No, but I, I think what Eric Weddle is doing, man, I think is incredible. It shows that the more you know, the more you can do for a team, it's about availability. Yeah. He seems to be available. Hopefully, he don't get a bomb because you know, because you know, Kyler Murray gonna look out there and see him and go, "I'm coming at you all game long." <laughs> I'm not gonna speak for BJ, but I, for one, take great offense that anyone on this show would take pleasure, Ben, in you getting a. Who would do that? Oh, let me say this. I, I'm not saying Cam would because Cam is the homie. Cam will talk trash about me behind my back. That's what real homies do. Kevin is going to talk to the missus and then, but listen, but Kevin's, listen, but Kevin's I won't sons, take the no, video, but I Kevin watch has it. a certain child who's going to definitely say, my dad said you got knocked out the other weekend. What? I'm like, really? Now, there's a certain someone that's going to say, as soon as it happens, he's going to make sure he's in my line of sight to be like this. Um, to show you what I mean, Frank Wycheck, the great Frank Wycheck, he used to do sideline uh, stuff for the Titans. And once again, on punt return again, I got my helmet knocked off. He's standing so close that I can hear him go, oh, Troopy, I can say, I want to play. I'm about to knock that. Just all right, Frank, it's about to be a Do you want to call Derek Abney? I mean, it's been a minute since he's been on the show. All I'm saying is, BJ, Kevin? is. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All I'm saying is, when you've been making as many plays or tackles as I was I on, on punt, they know they had to take me out. 
All I saw was I said, Derek Adams finna run right at me and whack him. Hey, they don't game plan for guys that don't matter. But all I know is this. Um, if you're ever on kickoff and the, and the kickoff return team runs away from you and you don't yell in, in to the other side, I've seen people get, you talk, you call it decleated. I've seen somebody get eliminated off the screen. Like, excuse me, sir, you're going to this sideline. So football is a very, very humbling sport. Titans, if you want to give me a call, my number has changed, but I can give it to you. If you want to give me that cheese, I will take them ducats. But as far as like me blocking for Derrick Henry, the first, the first answer is hell, and the last answer is no. I'm not doing it. <laughs> take three. We do it every day this time. We're coming back. Speaking of the playoffs, they get started. This weekend, could we see some upsets in the making? We'll get to that next. Three and out here on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. What's up? This is the boy Peter Ward. A.K.A. P-Dub, Florida State Great. Hey, you listening to 3 and Out with Ben, BJ, and Kevin. Catching feelings is a no. Let me tell you how it goes. Curves the word, spins the verb. Lovers, it curves so free. What's your heard? Good to have you back here, 3 and Out. Just a rousing conversation of uh, my dad can beat up your dad, basically, going on. Uh, in in between the commercial breaks here, Con- no, there's no, uh, it was. I, I would love to see that. I'd love to see a little grudge match. Anyways, like, who's taller? What are we saying? Would who I, will win, Nick Saban or Jimbo Fisher? Who, who's taller, Nick Saban or Jimbo? Nick Saban is seventy years old. No, no who's taller, out of Jimbo and Nick Saban? I think, I think they're probably <laughs> Nick Saban. Don't I want to say this before we even get into it, BJ? How much? How much taller is Kevin than you? Like a quarter of an inch, maybe. <laughs> Cause this is a half inch. I think Kevin thinks he's a lot more that way Kevin, taller. Kevin than you. thinks he's like six two. Stand up next to Christian. I've never. When have I ever come on the show and said I'm six? I think two. it was right after you said you could throw an eighty mile an hour fastball. That's a lie. But okay. I'm just, See, I just, lies. Hey, get my life preserver out. About to right. How tall are you? How tall are you? Five ten and a half to five eleven. Talk Getting about it. Okay, I am five nine and seven eighths. Okay, I went to the doctor. That's so who? So let's listen. So who? Who would win? Who would win a nice little grudge match between Jimbo and Nick Saban? Jimbo ain't that much younger than Nick Saban now. I mean, I think probably Nick. Based off of what? Let's get past the championships. Well, that's right. He's the goat. No, no, no. We, we, we're not talking about oh, who got the most championships, Jimbo. Jimbo can hit him with that pat pat. You think? Uh, you think Nick could survive a kidney punch from J- Jimbo Fisher? I don't think a no. Kidney punch. <laughs> No, you don't, I don't know what a kidney punch is, Ben. Explain it to him. Apparently, well, 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 basically, basically, all right, listen, stand up. I mean, is it when you punch someone in the kidney? Stand up. I mean, this is best. This, would be, this would be a great, yes, visual aid. Yes. Put your hands behind your head like I'm reading you your rights, and I'm going to punch you in your kidney. Right, but what I'm asking is, like, why is it, oh, we're going to see how tall yeah, Kevin is? Show him what a kidney punch is. Stand up and put your hands I don't want to get punched. How, how tall is Kevin? Five, ten and a half. Uh-oh. Right, am I getting measured? On the money. Yep. Yes. Yes, you are. You're six one. Your Christian's hair is tall. Christian's six one. Come on. Now BJ's gonna get. No, I'm just saying. Like the seven eighths. <laughs> uh oh. And six and three quarters. Why do we, Why do people look up with their eyes? That don't make you taller because you're looking up at Ella. Yeah, you're cheating. It's <laughs> like you ever put your two kids together, uh, Ben. Like they go back to back, and who's taller? And they go like this, and their hand goes up. It's like, look, I'm taller. Yeah. Uh huh. 
Yeah, we're getting the official measurement. Yeah, I'll go 5'10 and an Okay. So I told I, the truth. 5'10 and an eighth with shoes on. Without shoes, I'm 5'9. So you're you're literally a quarter inch. I'm basically shoeless. Okay. Well, we know. We know. All I'm, I'm saying, saying is. So what I said was 100% So hold on, hold on. Pass the championships. Do you think Jimbo could wax Nick Saban we're in hand-hand hand combat? The NFL no, no, no. But this is more exciting, though. Like, who, who, you know. Coach <laughs> O versus Sam Pittman. Dude, that would be a tussle. I mean, but that, that, that might be a 30-second fight because they'll both be out of breath. Because this is like athletic arrogance in a sense. When Dan Mullen was still the coach of Florida, he wanted to fight, um, I can't even think it's Derek Mason. Now, this is why I think that's funny. Quote, somebody was fake holding Dan Mullen back. Dan Mullen, Dan, Dan Mullen would have got the pleats knocked out of him. I'm just saying he would have got the brake speed off. No, no, who, who – okay – who would you want SEC coaches? Who would you want to see scrap? Did you think it'd be a good no? I mean, Kirby, they have they have Kirby's to be head coaches. Or have to be, be, no, they have to be no extra bit of confidence right now. Huh? I mean, I would want. I think Lane Kiffin would be the hell out of Nick Saban. I, th- I just 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 get some frustration. Out. No, I think I would like to see Will Muschamp fight anybody because he's got like when he gets into it, he's got the crazy eyes. Man, Will Muschamp yeah, would yeah. get the hell out of him. He Coach Boone. Yeah. Derek Mason still hanging on Auburn. That's true. Derek May- Dan Mullen don't want any part of Derek Mason. I think I think the Vanderbilt coach is going to beat the hell out of everybody just to get out, oh, Clark, put anybody Clark in front Lee. of me. He's letting letting out frustration for his team. Is that what is that what it is? He said we don't make excuses at Vanderbilt, didn't he? I think Mark. <laughs> uh, oh, Mark Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops. I'm just saying because somebody go, what's up, Bob? He's gonna knock the hell out you. He gets sick of that. I'm the I'm the I'm Mark. Uh, I'm just saying Kirby Kirby gonna have to fight somebody. And Kirby better Kirby's be a football player. Yeah, yeah, that's man. what I'm saying. Kirby gonna have to fight. No, Kirk, no, Kirby gonna have to Kirby gonna beat the hell out of somebody because he can't I mean, win his own. Billy Napier advisor. just came over, so Kirby and oh, Billy right off the bat. Yeah. I, I no, like, that, I like no, Billy Kirby Napier, Billy Napier would be nice. Shane yeah, Shane, I agree with that. Shane, I mean, oh, Shane, yeah, oh, yeah, Shane Bieber might. Yeah. Shane Bieber and, and Eli Drinkwitz. Oh my God, who is Eli <laughs> Drinkwitz gonna be? Eli Drinkwitz gonna have to take his glasses off, Mister. You know. Uh-huh. Sam's. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, man, you got some good. <laughs> I can't hear the throw. Oh, my God. Oh, Kevin. my God. What did you it. let happen I to the run? I, I, I didn't. I got it. it. Oh, I, I wasn't even thinking of this. Okay. But Mike Leach Jimbo have, like, the art versus of Brian Kelly. That's true. You do have Brian Kelly over in the. Well, which Brian Kelly are we getting? Brian yeah. We're, <laughs> my family. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Brian Kelly versus, oh. you know, Jimbo. Jimbo. Yeah. I get the sense that Brian Kelly just gets really mad but can't actually fight. Like I, I that would yeah, be he get mad. Yeah, he, he, he gets mad and wants to debate. He, he's Mr. Let's fellas, please. And somebody punch him right in his back. Right? Like he'd be like the fellas, calm down. He'd be like fellas, I'm gonna, it's, got, it's go time, fellas. Mm. <laughs> Beat the hell out of him. No, I'm just saying. I, I don't know how we got it to the what coach we win. Nick Saban's not the goat when it comes to hand to hand combat. We're right, never but, getting a coach on like ever again. Mental, he's got like the mental domination going right because he's like. I've seen all you guys. I've beaten all you guys. I have the confidence. It's like, it's like when he, you might be bigger than your older brother. He's gonna be. He's gonna get smashed. Is Lucas older than you? Yes. You can I mean, so there we go. That's that. that that's not. A, that's not. A, are you older than JT? Yes. Have y'all gotten in fights before? Not in a long time. So all I'm saying is, so so this went from Jim. This went from Jim. You don't like people talking about Jimbo. Jimbo has threatened somebody. And says, quote, say it to my face, didn't he? I would take Saban over Jimbo. How tall is Jimbo? <laughs> maybe five seven. <laughs> I don't, look it up, I don't Cam. Know. Cam. 
All, hold on. How tall is you Jimbo? Know, how tall is Jimbo and how tall is Nick You Saban? interviewed Jimbo before. Were you disappointed when you had to look down well, at no, him? I didn't, well, no, I wasn't. What, what kind of statement is that? I'm not disappointed in someone's height. Did you stand, no, no. Did you stand I up mean, and look down and say, how you doing? I'm just saying, like, sometimes. My, if I had to guess, I would say, like, 5'7 or 5'8. Five, 5'10 five, ten. Five, ten, Jimbo. Now, BJ. Okay, but is this like anything else where if you're listed at 5'10? You're saying the school. Yeah, are you saying the school fudges the. Uh, Nick, oh, I don't say, I don't get him confused. Nick Saban is 5'6. Nick Saban's only 5'6? Jimbo's 5'10? Wow, good for him. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, that changed my mind. I don't, again. No, he won't. Nick Saban, Nick Saban is 5'6. And you, you listen, you know you confident at, you know, when you to go. I'm, no, give him my real height. Don't say I'm 5'9. I'm 5'6. Right. Is that wish he was on? But I'm saying, if you use the college roster multiplier, if you're listed at 6'1", that means you're actually 5'11 and a half. But why do you need to lie about the coach height? You don't need to. I, well, why no, do you need to lie about the player height? No, I mean, I they're going to play how, they're, how they play regardless of what they're listed at in the media guide. So because Nick Saban has given up four inches to Jimbo, you think that gives Jimbo the competitive advantage? Right. I'm going to say three, like three. You've, is Jimbo 5'10"? Well, I, mean, I mean, I wasn't like, like I didn't bring a recording device or like Christian walk in with. Have you ever I mean, seen Jimbo stand next to anybody that wasn't a football player that he was taller than? <laughs> I I'm serious. I've never seen him taller than anybody that's not a football player. And he's and every time we do an interviews, he's looking up at people. Laura Rutledge, looking up. He's one of the best coaches in the country, man. Hmm? BJ, what does being the best coach have to do with fighting and how tall you are? I think it helps with your confidence. Come on. If you've won a national championship, you're walking into the ring with a little more swag, a little more belief, a little more and conviction. Kirby would lay him out. And Kirby's got a national <laughs> championship. Matt Kirby, Luke would lay Kirby him out. I think Matt Luke would probably just rip somebody's head off physically. Outside of Kirby, because Kirby's going to get the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. Kirby's get the benefit of the doubt. Which former assistant of Saban knocks him out the quickest? I think it's Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. I mean, Lane Kiffin might do some Taekwondo behind the scenes. No, 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 no. Oh, boy. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, Sam Pittman, Coach Ogeron. Sam Pittman. Uh, but Coach Ogeron better be able to fight all that trash he talked. If I can't wake up in the morning to be – I'm just saying. He better be able to scrap. I don't want to hit no – pap, pap. Hit it with the two-piece. That feels like one that's destined for the ground. I just said, like, they're going to stand up, and then it's going to be like a UFC fight. We're on the ground just – Dead, just going on, at it, yeah. What, about, what happens when the football season ends? No, I'm just uh, about, started what, it. What about former defensive coordinators? Dead landing versus vertibles. Who, who you got? You, you came in here. <laughs> you came in here saying Nick Saban would get laid out by Jimbo. I didn't that say that. Also, Nick Saban would get the brakes beat off him. Vertibles. <laughs> Is it vertibles? No. Vin, I'm giving him an R. I apologize. Now. Let's go ahead and put it out there, because I want to see this, all right? <laughs> Dan Mullen versus Coach McElwain. <laughs> <laughs> On that I note. think Coach McElwain beat the brakes off of Dan. With the pleats. Hey, man, Anybody the pleats is getting them fight while you're at it? Ben, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, uh, the coach of the Citadel um, versus uh, Coastal Carolina head coach. Jamie Chadwell with the mullet? Yeah, the mullet. Huh? He does. He does. <laughs> Hold on. The mullet doesn't help you fight better. Yes, it does. It's a confidence does boost. It? it does? Yeah. It's, oh, it's a confidence booster. You've told me before that, like, a lot of times it's psychological. you got to have your mind right. So if you have a – Listen, 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 listen. I got it. Did you just say – what did you just say? Ben's never fought anybody. Yeah, exactly. I can't prove that I – I can't prove I've never been beaten up. I can't prove that I have gotten a fight. 
But I will tell you this, one-on-one, I'm serious. And one-on-one, it's, you're going to have to deal with me. Not saying I'm going to get whooped, but you're going to have to deal with me. That's just how, that's just how I grew up. If you punch me 100 times, I guarantee you I'm punch you 100 times. I might not win it. You will not outpunch me. But if you bite me, well, that's, that's a little bit different. Don't bite me. So now we're into biting. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, biting, biting to me is a surefire way to know you getting your behind whooped. If you bite somebody, you done got whooped. I'm just saying, you can punch me, kick me, scratch me. Don't bite. Mike Tyson bit Evander, real deal. Because what was happening? He was what? Getting the crap kicked out. He's getting the crap kicked out. I mean, think about it. Have you ever have you seen a boxer bite somebody saying, "Because he's getting beat up"? (laughs) I'm just saying, Christian, you know, BJ. I was prepared to talk about the Rams. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about. We are talking about ramming into each other. I did not say. I did not say I can whoop anybody. I'm just saying one on one. I mean, you're going you're gonna to have to give me the business. But if you bite me, you know, that's some clown type stuff, man. That's some I got to get, like, techno shots and all that other kind of stuff because you bit me. <laughs> I'm serious, man. You don't bite nobody. On that note, we'll come back and we'll talk about something, I guess. It's three and out on the Southern Pink Skid Radio. Apparently, this song just passed 10 billion views on YouTube. It's history. People need to get a life. The Daddy Shark was just like, you know. It's it's it's, it's, it's fun. It's like a kid song that you have they fun. Got re- the whole they got family. remixes and everything. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I guess there's a lot of padded walls across households in America, driving insane with this song. I mean, it's just having fun with your, not, you know, your family, your kids. If my kid got into this song, we would have no radios or computers or nothing in the house. Like you're Damn. not playing this thing. Well, okay. I mean, Shame. it's um, ten billion. Man, I mean, gang it's the most watched video ever. Right? Let's do it. Apparently, let's get to the it's twenty. The first billion. one to pass ten billion. Let's get it to twenty. I mean, you can get it to twenty. It was. It, I'm not getting it to twenty. It, it, it shaped. The I whole won't generation. get it to ten billion in one. It shaped the generation. There's a baby shark. And even whoever you are, there is a guy by the name of Kevin Thomas who said he would love to do a commercial to say to commemorate this ten billion. Just, just congratulate. Yeah, I mean, Kevin. I mean, don't you? Is is a baby shark like one on your remix album? Because you got to okay, read so this what, So what, because my kids really like it. What, what, what songs, like, <laughs> play-along, sing-along songs did your kids like? Do they like now? No, did when they were, when they were younger kids. Um, trying to think. Because I, I, I grew my children to not listen to songs. Like <laughs> <laughs> listen, let me tell if y'all it was, something. If it was annoying, uh, I was like, you're not you listening to You don't want to go anymore. down that rabbit hole with Kevin. Because Kevin, these, these cartoons, Kevin like is. Turn it off. Yeah, if you, there's a Kevin, there's certain cartoons, certain stuff that Kevin ain't into, but Baby Shark shaped the whole generation, Kevin. I mean, no, like he, my children now, like I hear them in there, like in, when it's like bath time, I'll hear them, uh, you know, talking to the Alexa, and they'll be like, play some Metallica. And I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, we're talking about when they were two. Like, two, they didn't like, know, know what to star, do. It's a spider, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and if it got annoying, we turned it off. I was like, we're not listening to that eight hundred times. Oh man, I, no, no, I can see Kevin. I can see Kevin looking at looking at this little man, a year old, saying, "We don't listen to that crap." And then he turns it off. <laughs> Both my kids will be melting down. Not up in here. Crying. No, not up in here. And then all of a sudden, you start going, "Baby shark." No, no, no. It's much better. Think about this. If yeah, so Kevin, if if you have a newborn, I'm just saying, if you have a newborn right now, and the only thing that could keep him quiet is baby shark. Then That's the, wife, the, then the keep... wife's gonna stay up. <laughs> I'm not listening to. It. I don't know. I think I would shark. rather be waterboarded than listen to Baby Shark for yeah, like twenty is. minutes. PJ, I mean, I mean, think about it. Like it's just it's the most annoying song that's ever been created. Dun it, dun it, dun it. I mean, it, it shaped the generation. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm sorry. We'll I'm not going to let you guys do this to another segment. That's fine, but it's the worst song ever. All right, moving along. 
most popular song. Ever. It is. I mean, I'm just saying. It, I mean, it, both can be both can be simultaneously who true. Up, who was the who was the who was the orchestrator of Baby Shark? That is a that is somebody who shaped the generation. Cam, Tim, I would like to slap them in the face with baby powder. Show research. <laughs> hold on, hold on. As so somebody like says, say. hold on. Somebody says, hey, Kevin, they're going to present came on Baby Shark. Are you pulling out the baby powder? Just put oh, it yeah. in your hand. Do you put it in both hands? It's a soothing yeah. song to a lot just, of like little, you know, it's just if you're, if you're. Uh, do you, BJ, you like the daddy shark. You should do it now. I'm not doing it. Why, no, 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 whoa. Why would you do the daddy shark? <laughs> I do the, the baby shark. <laughs> So all I'm saying is there are What's the motion for Daddy Shark, BJ? Yeah, what, what does that mean? I don't know. I hate the song. What do you do? You do the, you do the Florida Gator chomp. <laughs> and you know what's funny? You notice, right? BJ, I do the Baby Shark, Mommy Shark, and as we get to Daddy Shark, all right, just turn, turn it on Cam's got the down. answer. It was recorded by South Korean company Pink Fong. Okay. All right, so we need to find Pink Fong and say, you're ruining society. How about that? Um, let me <laughs> that being said... <laughs> I mean, there's no. It, it, it is what it is. No. no, it is what it is at this point. No, I'm gonna. This I'll, segment was a you baby want to talk shark about, segment. You, you want to talk about Stetson Bennett? That's all right. Is he come? Oh, oh, is he oh, coming oh, back? If on. he does come back, or if he's gone, he has that choice. What's your confidence level in JT? And, and again, pretty much assume somebody's transferring, regardless, right? Well, that happens I, in every position at every. I school understand that. I said, but so so it's pretty well assumed that somebody, regardless of that decision, is going to be transferring out. What's your confidence level in JT Daniels if he's the one that, that, that stays? Obviously, there's going to be a battle between him, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton coming in. And we'll see Carson Beck, potentially what happens there. But I think, uh, I think there's obviously reason to be optimistic about JT Daniels. Uh, had some great stretches at SC. I think Georgia fans will always appreciate that Mississippi State game where uh, he was almost perfect and had, what, four touchdown passes against the Bulldogs, and they needed every one of them in that game, by the way. But I think there are also reasons to still kind of have a wait-and-see attitude. Can you be consistent? Can you do it week in and week out? Uh, can, you, can you stay healthy? Uh, un- unfortunately, JT's had a lot of injuries to deal with uh, during his career, but I think we don't yet know what's, what's going on with Stetson Bennett. But I've seen some of the – preseason theoretical Heisman Trophy lists for next year. And I've seen JT Daniels mentioned in some of those stories. So I think the expectation is if he's the guy, he's going to put up numbers. But can you be consistent? Can you do it on on the big stage in the big games? And can you stay healthy? I think those are the questions for JT. Well, I mean, I don't. I've never seen a player get the benefit of doubt as much as uh, JT Daniels has. Potentially is a very, very dangerous thing to me because I think we all have it. JT Daniels had a flash of brilliance when you first when his uh, his SEC debut against Mississippi State, and after that, you know, he had some moments, but nothing to make you go, you know, he's going to be the future. And BJ, I mean, something that I, you're very, very confident in when you talk about is Stetson Bennett going to be back. If Stetson Bennett is back. The politics, or no, you know, if comes back, he's the guy. Yeah, well, he just won the I, national championship. I, I understand. Finished in the top I, on, five. In I, pa- like, I understand that. I understand that. And I'm not. And I'm not taking that away. I'm not. I'm not taking away his accomplishments. But the longer Stetson Bennett is under center, the longer that means that you can't. Because it's all. Because think about this. The guy who started, it's really about the guy behind him and how many years that person is going to have left. The more, the longest test of Bennett is there, then you're talking about, you're talking about Gunnar Stockton, I mean, Carson Beck. I mean, you're talking about the odd man out. He, he wasn't even allowed to play this year. 
I, I agree with you. Stetson has more than earned his right to be the starter next year, but what does it do to the quarterback room as far as, like, the rotation down the line? Because when you talk about the gunner starters of the world, I don't care what anybody says, and I'm not putting words in, uh, you know, in Kirby Smart's mouth. How do you get this man to come here without kind of, like, giving him that wink, wink? Yeah, man, you're going to get a chance to get out there, you know, sooner rather than later. Well, if I'm coming in as number three, if, if Stetson is there and JT is there, he's number three. I just, I'm just talking about that room. So, I, and you're right, people, people are transfer every year. I'm just telling you, Kirby's hardest decision might also go against the best decision he's made. Calling Stetson Bennett and getting him to come on campus, nobody for seeing these last two years being what it was going to end up being. But he also got to be like, hey, Stetson, right? You know, if a coach hits you with the, I did right by you, right? Yeah, this conversation is not going to go the way Stetson thinks it's going to go because – Think about Stetson for a He's second. He's the greatest quarterback in Georgia history. I, and, 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 and I'm going to get my B.J. Bennett on. And nobody's arguing you with that. I'm not arguing you <laughs> saying he's not. But just because you are the greatest, everybody's told, right? You know, Moneyball, everybody's told. Some of us told we 20. Some of us told we 30. We all are told. Well, guess what, Jay? Guess what, Stetson? I love you, man. Stetson has nowhere to go but down. You think, you think they're going to go back to back? You think Stetson's going to be a Heisman Trophy fan? I'm just telling you, like, people always say, hey, man, how do you stay loved by your fan base? Don't become a coach. Do not become a coach of the team you used to play for because they're going to hate your behind unless you Steve Spurrier and Kirby. You think you think Kirk Frost or you think uh, Coach, Coach Frost being beloved by Nebraska uh, corner? No. So I'm just saying with Stetson, BJ, the real question is, if he is asked to take a lesser role because he can't be on the team and not play, do you think Kirby Smart is doing wrong by him if you ask him to move on? I don't. I I don't think that's going to be. I mean, I don't even think that's a possibility. What do you mean it's not a possibility? Why would you ask your starting quarterback who just starred in leading you to a national championship to move on? Because that because that is college football. Like, I don't know. Hold on, hold on. I don't know what we think college football is. People, it is a business first. You think Coach is getting eight million dollars to get a gazillion analysts and a guy and a, and a guy named Stetson is going to reshape it? He did just win the Natty, right? But did Kelly Bryant really do anything to lose his job to Trevor Lawrence? Did he do anything to lose it? Well, I mean, he didn't win the national championship. No, no, no. But, but did, he, did he do anything to lose the starting job? Didn't play poorly. But yet, after the fourth game, Kelly got to move on. I'm just saying, BJ, you act, you, so you think that Kirby Smart would, would be wronging Stetson Bennett if he said, hey, Stetson. I'm saying I don't think there's any chance that happens. I mean, I. Based off of what? Based off the fact that he was just one of the five most efficient quarterbacks in the country. That doesn't mean anything. Okay, but what do you? Okay, what do you have a quarterback for? To to uh, to keep you ahead of the chains. To to to, no. to not turn the football over to win games. To, to help you win games. That's what he just did. And and, and, no, 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 and I'm not. He saying. He just won the national championship. Was one of the most so, efficient so quarterbacks. So, hold on, hold on. This thing. So if you're Kirby like, Smart, it was, it was on, perfect at the end of the game. Like, so here, here it is. Here it is. So Gunnar Stockton, you was in his living room. JT Daniels was your five-star Carson Beck. Well, dude, I don't but, Yo, but, oh, Hold on, but doesn't that apply to every single coach who recruit, recruits play? Like, every no, single coach every when single you recruit. No, because every single coach is not going to win the natty. Okay, but this is what I'm saying. Alabama's won the natty, what, seven, and six how, times And how many times have they done it without a player they didn't recruit? But, right, but what I'm saying is they go into – the coaches go into Holmes and say, we want you to – and you may not play. You may not play right away. You Did may Jalen Hurst lose his job? You may not ever play. Him? I mean, he got benched in the national title game. Uh-huh, and then, and then came back the next year and warned you the game to prepare yes, you to the netting. Yeah, what did. I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, these are hard decisions. When I was, I'm not comparing the two, when I was in the National Football League, the hardest thing I ever had to realize was, when they, when they cut you, this is how they do it. Hey, man, man, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate everything you've done. Move on. Stetson, 
I think it's going to be asked to, to take, a, take a step back. We got more to come. Final hour of the show. Also, don't forget, tomorrow we are at the Civic Center for the in-market Savannah Hockey Classic. Day one of two tomorrow. Uh, getting started. Excited about being back out there as well. So come out and uh, join us. Get ready for all the festivities uh, upcoming there tomorrow at the uh, the Civic Center as it returns after a, a year hiatus, obviously, uh, due to COVID, but excited to have that event back, and we'll be there tomorrow. Hope you'll come by and join us. John Stinchcomb coming up in the final hour of the program. Also, uh, if you missed it, we'll hear from Jeff Owens coming up in the final hour of the program as well. Looking forward to the uh, Hockey Classic. Always have a great time there. And, again, those rivalries that you see in, in football and other sports on display on the ice as well, no doubt about it. And uh, Florida trying to get back in the hunt for the Thrasher Cup. I think Georgia, Georgia Tech. Maybe the two favorites there. Uh, and I, I, I think it's always fun to get out and watch these student athletes, you know, regardless of what sport it is, get out there and compete. And, yes, if you're a dog fan, you better show up wearing that national championship sweater, shirt, and be ready to talk trash. I'm looking forward to the trash talking shit. I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of trash. But I'm going to have been more. I'm, say 2008. They can say 2008, but I'm, I'm going to need, I'm gonna need, a, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a Georgia Tech to jump in to talk trash to them Georgia boys. It's okay. <laughs> Just because you want it don't mean you, you know you are you above the trash talk. You can get some trash talk too. No one is immune from, talk about the, from the trash talk at the end of the Zero day. Zero fun, we, sir. Yeah, we got more to come here on 3 and Out. Uh, busy final hour here on the show. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Your phone calls as well, 912-342-7184. It's three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio. Good to have you back here, three and out, final hour. We'll hear from John Stinchcomb, former Georgia All-American offensive lineman, Super Bowl champ there with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we were set to chat with Andrea Adelson here. We've had to uh, reschedule her. We'll hopefully have her on the program uh, tomorrow, talking some college football with her. But we also have the NFL playoffs starting this weekend, fellas, with Bengals Raiders, Bills Patriots, Chiefs Steelers there in uh, the AFC. Bucks Eagles could be very interesting. Falcons, or excuse me, Falcons. Uh, what, was I, what was I on? Oh, boy. I had something bad for lunch. Made me think the Falcons. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Cowboys, 49ers, Rams, and Cardinals. And you got the Packers and some team in uh, Nashville getting You know by. what it is. I uh, getting by this boys. weekend. But. What's the most intriguing matchup, you think, uh, in this first round? Of where could we potentially see somebody get upset? Yeah, it is It is an intriguing slate of games. I think one, and Ben, we were talking about it in the show meeting that stands out to me, is Buffalo and New England. Because Buffalo has had moments where they've been great. They've had moments where you've looked at them and said, what in the world is happening? And even a couple of years ago, when they played Jacksonville in the playoffs uh, with Tyrod Taylor, that was a good team. They didn't score. They mm-hmm. didn't score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then you think about, and this is a chance for me to brag on the Jaguars, quite honestly, but then you think about Jacksonville playing Buffalo this year. And it was a complete – Held them scoreless. Yeah, held them without a touchdown with Josh Allen. So, I don't know because more times than not, you watch Buffalo, and they look like the league's best team. They look like the best team in the NFL. But when they're off, they are off bad. And I don't know how to account for that in the playoffs. And then on the other side with the Patriots, yeah, Bill Belichick, so you were telling me they're not going to let Buffalo's best player beat them. So Stephon Diggs is out. He's out. So, so who's going to step up? And then you have Mac Jones, rookie quarterback. How do you account for a rookie quarterback in the playoffs? I know they're in New England, so they're used to the weather. But mm-hmm. in Buffalo in January, that environment, that scene, 
to me, I'm intrigued by Bucks, Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers, Rams, Card. I mean, just about all of these games are really, really fun to think about. But Buffalo, New England, to me, is the one I'm looking at, Ben. Buffalo, New England, BJ, is going to come down to with a, with a real Josh Allen, please stand up, right? Because you go back, what I want to say, uh, three years ago against Houston in the playoffs, BJ, if he don't just lose his mind, they were winning that game. He started just losing his mind in the second half. They end up losing. Obviously had a better uh, year last year, uh, you know, going to the uh, – you know, playing the Kansas City Chief boys in the AFC Championship game. But if Josh Allen can find a way to have a good game plan, they got a good shot. But we need to stop calling Mac Jones a rookie. He's he's went through the whole season, right? Started since day one. Reason why Cam Newton is with the Carolina Panthers. Reason why Cam Newton got cut before the season. Uh, people thought, listen, walking right. And 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 uh, really, really killed that Alabama quarterback narrative, right? Oh, good in Alabama, not good in the pros with Jalen Tua and obviously Mac Jones, two, or Jalen Hurts. So two out of those three guys in that quarterback room in the playoffs this year. But I think, uh, BJ, a team, uh, too, that's going to be very, very intriguing is the 49ers. I think that when you look at how they still found a way to get in, dealt, dealt with the injury bug all this year with some of the key players, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, people, Debo Samuel. I, I thought I knew that Debo was going to be good coming out of South Carolina. I didn't know he was going to be great. This, I don't like to call him a kid. This young man is finding a way to go out there Who? and get it done. Who? Debo. There we go. Whoa. <laughs> no, it's – blast from the past. But, no, I, uh, I just think that, too, and obviously – the evil empire known as the Dallas Cowboys. Come on, San Fran, I think man. they're good, man. They are, no, 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 BJ, we say this, right? Certain teams, right, we always say this. When, when, when certain teams in college football are good, like we talk about the big three in Florida, right? When we talk, we talk about certain teams, when Dallas is Hold good. Hold on, Cam, he's giving me the – I'm not a Cowboys fan. No, 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 no. no. Okay, Cam, listen, listen, the, Cam, okay. Listen, San Francisco, listen, San Francisco, beat, beat – Beat uh, these, you know, uh, beat uh, America's team. Dallas got some, you know, some that's big time roster. fans. That's a good roster. You know, uh, who, 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 them, uh, I'm sorry, who them Raiders playing in the playoffs? Bengals. Now I will say this about that's my most intriguing matchup: Cincinnati, uh, uh, you know, against them uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Darren Waller, first and foremost. Listen, I'm with, I'm with you, my brother, man. I know he he went through the injury bug, and for those who don't know, uh, you know, deal, de, uh, always dealing with his um, you know, alcohol addiction. He's overcoming. His sobriety is going well. But he was talking about how when he was hurt, the idle time didn't help him. Having D. Wall back with B.J.'s favorite, favorite receiver, Hunter Hunter Renfro, Mr. Hunter uh, catches uh, yep. second second best slot receiver in the game. We still got uh, still got Derek Carr, but you have to deal with that. But I think it's a very very intriguing matchup because B.J. You talking about. Um, a Las Vegas Raiders team that I think in 60 years, uh, 60 years was the first time since. This is the first time since, and the interim coach still took his team to the playoffs. So shout out to Rich Passaccia, but I will say the best young duo in the league that would be uh, Mr. Joe Burrow, Mr. Chase. You better watch out for them too. It's gonna be, but I think I think the team with the best units. They coming to make something happen, D Wall. Y'all, you know which way I'm going with that. We will talk about the Titans, but they got to buy. They're gonna be watching everybody play this week uh, with Derrick Henry getting another week off. But now, BJ, I mean, BJ, I mean, going into this uh, thing, we talked about Mac Jones, Kevin, BJ before. You know, when he got drafted, I mean, you, you know, uh, all year with the Patriots, you know, that's not an easy place to win because you all they always talking about what Tom Terrific has done. But one year under, you know, Mac Jones is he is he your offensive rookie of the year or is it Jamar Chase? I think it's probably got to be Chase at this point. I mean, I mean, when you look at what they've done, the production and Chase following Jefferson, Fort, over uh, fourteen hundred yeah, yards. Yeah, right there. I mean, it's it's uh, it's amazing. But I, I I do look at these young quarterbacks. I mean, 
the Cincinnati Bengals are one of the highest seeds they've been in my lifetime. <laughs> Listen, and, and, and you have I, Joe Burrow here. There's there's a lot to be said for emerging as a consistent winner in the regular season. You start winning in the playoffs uh-huh. at that young at a at a and keep in mind with Cincinnati, we're not talking about a tradition rich, do it every year no. type team. I mean, you're talking about some rarefied air if you're Joe Burrow and win a playoff game with the Bengals. Now, I know it's only one year. Better duo. I don't just in a one year sample size. Carson, Carson Palmer, T.J. Hushmanzada, Chad Johnson. Rudy, John- Rudy Johnson or oh, or oh, wow. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. Wow. <laughs> which which lets you know they always trying to re you know you know get back yeah. to the mold get that old thing back. And I mean you know hard to Ocho Cinco one of the all time great. Chad Ocho, I mean, yeah, T.J. That, T.J. Who's your mama? But but I think that's where the excitement level is <laughs> yes. in Cincinnati. I mean T. Higgins over a thousand yards and and uh, Jamar Chase over a thousand. And 1, you got Tyler Boyd still there. Yes. I mean you've been thinking about Cincinnati for seemingly fifteen years. This as this kind of afterthought franchise. Kind of like Jacksonville in some respects in the National Football League, and here they are. And I think they're the favorites to beat the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders got in with the whole weird <coughs> like, if 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 we if we tie, we still get in. We don't we, we, don't, we, we don't we don't do that. Well, they did that in Oakland, in Vegas. I was gonna say if they would have got that first down, they'd have done that. No, no, no. I, but I but I I will say the, I will say this when you start thinking about like what a quarterback means to a franchise. Joe Burrow, rookie year, no no offensive line, missing season, ACL. Get him an offensive lineman. Not only do they make the playoffs, they win the AFC North. Who's in the AFC North? Pittsburgh, who's in the playoffs. The Ravens, who are not. And obviously you got a team in Cleveland. Yeah, and we were talking about here these first-round matchups. We just came off of a Monday night where three of us all picked Alabama, largely <coughs> because, hey, you don't bet against Nick Saban, right? You don't bet against Nick Thanks Nick. for bringing that up. I'm just saying, no, I'm saying, but it brings me to this point. You don't bet against Nick Saban. You have a game coming up this weekend, Bucks versus the Eagles. Ooh. Would you bet against Tom Brady in that matchup? I mean, I wouldn't right now, uh, just because, like you said, he led the league in touchdown yes. passes. 44, 44 years old, forty-five total touchdowns, and it's going to be the MVP I, I, over over Aaron Rodgers. I, I think so. I think oh, so. You, okay, Cam's the Aaron Rodgers. Hold on, hold on, but BJ, I mean, something we ain't talking. About. Speaking of the nine-one-two. The matchup of the weekend oh, will Darius be Slay, yeah. Mike Evans versus Darius Slay. What a season for Darius Slay. Big, big play Slay left, left Detroit. Listen, somebody, the football gods, I appreciate what y'all <laughs> did for D. Slay. And he comes to Philly, n- another Pro Bowl season. I mean, he's going to be on full display. Oh, man, we were talk- Kevin, we were talking about Tracy Walker, yeah. too, a couple of days ago. Yes. The finish he had to the year with Player of the Week honors. But, yes, I think I, I, I love Jalen Hurts. I mean, I think in college he was underappreciated, undervalued. Even in Philly, uh, Joe yes. Flacco, yes. Your, your favorite quarterback. That's Kevin's favorite quarterback. No, 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 you know, your favorite quarterback from Jacksonville is always up there. Oh, Gardner, Gardner yeah, 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 yeah. I, I watched Gardner a couple, couple nights ago play. Uh, had some had some success in the first half. Didn't go as well in the second half when I watched them. But uh, I I think Philadelphia is a team that really scares you in the playoffs because of that defense, especially. Mm-hmm. But against Tampa in Tampa, I kind of lean with where Kevin was suggesting there. I mean, until you see it, uh-huh. until you see Brady out in the first round, yeah. I think you lean with Tampa. The thing Brady. the thing about this is when people you know, I'm gonna tell my age again. 
This is renewing another rivalry back in the day. When uh, Tampa finally, when Tampa made it to their first Super Bowl in 2002, they had to beat the Eagles. That used to be their nemesis in the like playoffs. Ward Dunn and Mike yes, Ward Dunn, and, you know, and, uh, and Donovan, Donovan Nabb, and those guys, Brian Westbrook. Westbrook. So they renewing the rivalry, but I will say that Jalen Hurst has always been the guy that said, look, man, just give me a shot. Philadelphia is not an easy place to play, an easy place to win, an easy place to win over the fan base. I think he's done all three. He's went through a lot of quarterbacks. I think a couple of different coaches already. Jalen Hurst and that offense got a shot with that defense, but with Tom Terrific, out there with Gronk, you know uh, Leonard Fournette, and hey, man, it might be a long, it might be, it might be a long one. But I mean, I think, uh, I think Jalen Hurts is definitely making himself a lot of money right now. Okay, going to be a great matchup there. Uh, might be one of the the games of the weekend uh, there in the playoffs. And what? Let the talking points begin. If the the Eagles, uh oh, were able to bump up. I mean, again. Tom Brady, we made fun of him. You know, kale shakes and all that. I'm gonna play till I'm 50. The dude just led the league in touchdown passes by two. So like, it wasn't like there was a guy right on his. He was out away from him. He's the oldest, oldest dude out there doing it. If he gets bumped in the first round, I don't think that's going anywhere. But I mean, hey, is that the? Has he ever lost in the, the first round? Is that the crack in, Is that the crack in yes. armor for Tom Brady at this point? That's what we do in Tennessee. <laughs> Is that what y'all oh do? Oh, my goodness. That's what y'all do. <laughs> I will say this, though, man. Shout, shout out to Mike Vrabel, man. Get the done up there in, in Tennessee. I mean, because one thing about it, BJ, something me and Kevin was saying, no more Bill Belichick coaching. Them coaching tree. They said that tree is rotten because I don't think none of those guys are still left in the league right now. I'm telling look, Cam doesn't like it. I know you can't handle the fan base sometimes. Keep an eye on the Cowboys. No, 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 no. This, this, this might be the year. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. The Cowboys are yeah, we've heard that before. to the Yankees, Kevin. They are the evil empire. Jerry Jones wants to be famous. He does more interviews than the players. Dak, Zeke, D-Law. You know, they got a bunch of CD, all these different names. But San Francisco, George Kittle, Debo. Whoa, they're going to send them to the crib. And that's renewing another <laughs> rivalry as well, San Francisco and Dallas. We got more to come here on 3 Down NFL Playoffs beginning this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and a Monday playoff game uh, here this week. So we got more to get to uh, as far as the NFL playoffs are concerned. We'll get back to the celebration continuing there with Georgia and that national championship. John Stinchcomb, former All-American offensive lineman, will join us when we return here on 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. I word, uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm gonna go do it. Not right now. The, the year the year just started. Um, Does it involve a tattoo? Yeah. What? <laughs> what kind of bets have you made? No, in your life? Sometimes no, no. sometimes people yeah, it's, do that. It's it's, it's kind of rough. It, it's not the it's not the roughest thing ever. But you know how like you say something like, I mean, I'll just do this if that happens, and you leave, and they go, all right, and then it happens, and you okay, like, who did you make the bet with? It's somebody that's supposed to, I'm supposed to do some business with. I don't really want. They're probably listening. I, I don't. You know, I'll tell you guys. I'm gonna tell Kevin because if I tell you, is did you go talk to the people at the place that you told me? No, it's I did something, and I said something I shouldn't have said, thinking that this wasn't gonna happen, <laughs> and then it happened. Was it more of a if Georgia wins the national championship, yes. like way back when? No, 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 no. Or did no, you it make it prior way, to this game? It wasn't way back when. It was kind of like uh, around. Around like the start of the season, and then Georgia started balling, and they wouldn't lose. I'm like, oh man, they gonna lose eventually. And then they're like, well, what if they win the national championship? I'm like, ha, they're not gonna do that. He like, well, what if they do? If they do so, you, so it wasn't so much a bet as much as it was you volunteered. No, 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 if no, this no, happens, no, 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 I'll no, do no, it. But what it was is, you know, that was like, well, if this happens, you know, what if we get this and you do this and I do that? I said, all right. I ain't okay, about but this is what I'm asking. Were you gonna get something had Georgia not won the national title? Uh, no. Then no. that's not a bet. 
No, that's not a bet. If you're not going to win anything, then it's not a bet. No, no, no. Georgia not winning that championship is enough for me to talk trash. That, that That's enough for me to talk trash. But they did win it, so now I got to do something. And when I say it's going to live on forever, that's the part of the bet that I don't really like. But it's all good. And But when I do do it, I will document it. Going to live on forever? So you're going to be like the Florida Gator basketball player who's like rooting for Georgia to win the national title? Well, no, that would be you talking about the Florida Gator basketball player who grew up in Athens. Who didn't know, he didn't know no better. Well, now he do. He was like, I ain't know I grew up in Athens. And Kevin, you know what BJ's talking about? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, it was... but the thing was, now when I first saw it, I'm like, wait a minute, he played with Florida. He like, man, I grew up in Athens. And? I mean, and I'm like this. I'm like this. So if you grew up in, I mean, you know, Dante Robinson, who played in South Carolina, who got drafted, grew up in Athens. He don't root for the dogs because he grew up in Athens. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Carter is from, from uh, Tallahassee, right? That's what I'm saying. He don't, root, he don't root for Florida State. No, sometimes it's just better to just say, man, I ain't know because when you explain it, you know, he like, man, I grew up in Athens. Boy, I'm a, next time I see him, I'm going to have the baby powder ready. There you go. We got hey, we got a lot to get to tomorrow. Again, we will be at the Savannah Civic Center broadcasting live for the in-market Savannah Hockey Classic. Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, all going to be on hand. Hope you'll come out and enjoy the great time. It's a whole lot of fun. If you've not ever been, it's a uh, great uh, family event there at the uh, Savannah Civic Center. The frozen finale, as they're calling it, last time in the Civic Center before it moves over to the uh, new in-market arena. So uh, come out and uh, celebrate that with us uh, tomorrow. And we'll be live 3 to 6. Hope to see you then. 3 and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.